Please be advised that the content in the Grave Tales podcast series is suitable for adults only. You're with Chris Adams and Helen Goltz for the Grave Tales, the series podcast. Today, from the Grave Tales Great Ocean Road Geelong to Port Ferry book, Lewis Bant and the farm truck that went to church. Ever asked yourself the question, who designed the great Aussie Ute? Well, it came about because of hard times in Australia and a challenge issued to a young man to help the farmers. This man, Lewis Bant, developed the Aussie icon which we still drive today and his last moments were also in his beloved ute. Lewis Bant, what a man and what an invention. The ute, indeed. Yeah, we take it for granted now. I mean, they're everywhere. Drive on the roads, walk down the street, utes everywhere. We don't even think there might have been a time when there weren't utes, but of course there was that time prior to the 1930s, really. I mean, there were things around that you know could take something in the back. They had a tray added on, call them pickups. In terms of the actual ute itself, it uh, didn't really come around until the 1930s. So these were work vehicles adapted for, for the land as such, just to meet the needs of the farmers? Yeah, most of them were open-topped. They'd simply had a tray added onto the back of what had been a car. There was no real covering for the driver. He didn't have any comfort in the front of it. Uh, That all changed when Lewis Bant developed the ute. Okay, tell me a little bit about how Lewis got involved with it. Okay. Middle of the 1930s, depression in Australia, not a lot of money around. The farms are struggling a bit, uh, although going okay. Uh, The banks are not lending money to farmers for recreational vehicles. They regard them as a luxury. So uh, there was a lady down in Gippsland in Victoria, a farmer's wife, who wrote a letter to Ford, who were based in Geelong, asking the question, when are you going to develop something that we can use to go to church on Sunday and also to take the pigs to market on the Monday? (laughs) Uh, interesting question. But Ford took it seriously. Hmm. They thought, here's a chance, a chance to sell some vehicles as well, because uh, maybe things were going slow on the family car front, seeing as the banks wouldn't lend money for them. Uh, so they gave the letter to the bloke we've talked about, Lewis Bant, and said, here you are, mate, have a go, see what you can do with this. Now, Lewis was only a young guy. This is a hell of a challenge. I mean, who wouldn't embrace this and run with it? Well, he was ideally suited, really. Uh, He had already spent a fair bit of time working for another company which did modifications to T-model Fords so that they could carry something else in the back. And it was simply a tray Mm -hmm. that was added onto the back of the chassis and the front part of the cabin was kept. What Lewis did was he made the vehicle exactly what the wife had asked for. That was something that was relatively comfortable in the front, but you could carry you know, stuff in the back. He had strengthened where the trailer joined or the tray joined the back of the car. They'd strengthened the springs and shock absorbers at the back mm-hmm. and also put it together with integrated panels along the side, which hadn't been there before. This mm-hmm. meant that the driver could have a covered cabin and really what he did, they modified a 1934 Ford coupe so that was what he had as a cabin if you like with this properly integrated tray on the back Mm. he was 21 though wasn't he yeah just a lad and what did he say to his boss it was something i remember that was quite funny he indicated to his boss that he had an idea of what was wanted by saying to him these pigs are going to get the best ride around geelong they've ever had (laughs) poor pigs they deserve it (laughs) okay so we've got the concept Ford have given it the tick, Louis on the job. What was the impact? Well, by 1934, Ford utilities were rolling off the production line down in Geelong. 1935, Lou took a couple of them to the United States uh, mm. to put on show in Detroit. Fantastic. Uh, the home of all things motoring. When Henry Ford actually saw the vehicle, he's reported 
as nicknaming it the kangaroo chaser. <laughs> now, this is the Henry Ford who said you can have it in any colour as long as it's black. Yeah, yeah, well, that was the T model. I think yeah. we might have progressed a we little. We might have had a few colours since then. <laughs> progressed a little since then and get other colours. Before long, Utes took off in the North American market. And to give an idea of how the new vehicle became a must-have in the bush here in Australia, by 1940, its fame had spread. And in the 14 years between 1940 and 1954, 22,000 Utes were sold. So it was really catching on. Yeah, fantastic. There's a photo in our book of these two very attractive women sitting on the ute bonnet modelling there. So obviously the girls like the utes as well. Yeah, the, the ute was sort of a bloke thing, even though it was a farmer's wife who kind of started it all. All you needed was a fair bit of dust, a dog uh, <laughs> to put in the back of the ute. Uh, maybe a cowboy hat, and that was about as Australian as you got. Good to go. Uh, but women have taken to the ute as well. A survey taken a while ago now, though, back in 2010, showed that half the women who were asked would consider having a ute as the family car. But it doesn't surprise me today because with all the renovation reality programs, you know, sisters are doing it for themselves. They're renovating. And how many times have you thought, you know, gee, I just need a mate with a van or a ute to get this to that. Even if you're gardening, you know, yeah. they're so practical. Where's Uncle Harry with the ute? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuff? It was sold as a handsome utility for the farm <laughs> uh, was the catch line. But of course, it was bought by many, many people around town as well. So has it become immortalised in our culture? Now, I ask that because if you're around in the 70s, like a few of us were, you know, you remember cars like the Valiant Charger. You know, they had the whole marketing campaign and we were kids and we'd hold up our fingers in a V when we saw one and we'd sing, you know, Valiant Charger, unbelievable. Well, that, I think that was a commercial. <laughs> I don't remember that one. Oh, come on. Everyone did. <laughs> and then, of course, there was a Leyland P76, which goes down in modern culture. It's also a classic. Yeah, well, it's, they say it was a lemon, but it won Wheels Car of the Year. So, yeah. you know, once stage it must have been impressive so the iconic youth then is a part of our well, culture it's been immortalized in song helen <laughs> uh, lee kernahan written and performed a couple of songs in fact a few songs about youth so mm. baptize the youth there's another one called scrub bashing <laughs> Class- or something like classic that. songs <laughs> and uh, and she's my youth oh who doesn't love she's my youth absolutely i bet i bet there were plenty of other songs <laughs> sung about the youth too after a few at some of the big uh, festivals and we've had v8s youths racing since 2001, been dedicated V8 used racing at most uh, Australian V8 venues. Holden and Ford sports utes, seen all around the streets. Mm. Uh, they have musters. Wow. Uh, there's a big one in Daniloquin uh, in New South Wales. 25,000 people sometimes turn up there. Ute heads, if I could call them that. Is that an annual event? Is yeah. It? Wow, imagine seeing all those utes in one place. So uh, it certainly has caught on. Mm. Can we claim it as an Australian invention then? Okay, I I guess like so many of these things, it depends on the semantics and Mm. and what you call a ute going back a bit. Ford Australia argues that it was not only uh, an Australian invention, but the concept has been exported to the rest of the world, reinterpreted and redesigned by other manufacturers and has gained a legion of fans everywhere, which is obvious. There are arguments to say that we invented the ute, that's Mm. what Ford say. There are a number of others who say we didn't invent the ute, but what we did do was get it organised so it was a vehicle that was comfortable to drive, you didn't have to have an open top, and modified some of the old buckboard things that were around the place. But for my money, we invented it. Of course we did. We're just running with that. (laughs) So what became of young Louis after his invention and going forward? Well... Young Louis spent many, many years at Ford and was um, a real identity uh, in the mm. place. He retired in 1975 right. and he wanted to get one of his original utes 
mm. just because it was kind of the first thing he did that yeah. he put his name on. But he couldn't find one. He did find a severely damaged one in a farmer's shed and he rebuilt it along the lines of the original model. I wonder what else he found in that farmer's yeah, shed. Yeah, amazing what There's a whole TV show on, yeah. <laughs> on Discovery Channel on what's in the farmer's shed. I found a Rolls-Royce in one once. Wow, get out. <laughs> uh, he also added his own touches to that which was that he painted flora and fauna, plants and animals on the side of it. He had the Southern Cross painted on a sky blue background. Oh, fabulous. And he loved that ute and he you know, had the ute literally till the day he died. Now, there's a road or highway named after Louis, isn't it? Not a road or a highway, but there is a uh, rather marvellous bridge. If you're driving the Geelong Bypass Road towards Winchelsea, you'll pass over the Lewis Bant Bridge okay. uh, across the Murrable River at Home Hill. There is a place in Canberra, a street called Bant Place in the suburb of Dunlop. Okay. So he's been remembered that way. And I guess a lot of people, every time they, they've, now they've heard this story, every time they see a ute, uh, mm. they'll think of Lewis. So Lewis got a ute, restored it, and then what became of Lewis? In 1987, Lou was invited to take part in an ABC program that was uh, being filmed on location. In his 1934 rebuilt ute, uh, he was driving back to Geelong Mm. after that television event. Uh, 18th of March, he was involved in an accident near Bannockburn on the Midland Highway. It was a a bad accident. It was a head-on collision, and uh, he was killed instantly. Wow. So the man who left a legacy for every man on the land was gone. So it started with the ute, and he died in the very ute that he invented. And appropriately, I guess, the registration number of that ute that Lewis Band died in was UT001. Where can we find Louis if we want to pay our respects? Lou is buried in the Geelong Western Cemetery. If you make your way to the northern side of the cemetery in the lawn section, you're looking for row five. If you have a chance to go online before you go there, the map on the Geelong Cemetery website will help you find him. Great. And honestly, Geelong Cemetery is so organised. They've got a theatre group who bring to life stories from some of their residents in the cemetery, yeah. and Louis one of them. Yeah, he is. Oh, and they're fantastic. So if you get a chance to be down there, look up on the website what and when they're doing their tours and get along. They're fantastic. So tell me, does Louis have a ute on his grave? Uh, no, huh. he doesn't. It's surprising. I thought he might have when we were looking for it, but yeah. no, he doesn't. It's a very plain grave but very dignified. Isn't that interesting that some of these people that change history, you know, like Louis Van, like Ben Lexon, amazing people who change our history, have such unassuming graves. Perhaps that's a reflection of the people themselves. You've been listening to a tale from our Grave Tales, Great Ocean Road, Geelong to Port Ferry book. If you've enjoyed this episode, we'd really appreciate it if you could take a minute and give us a good rating. If you didn't, please don't. The series is also available on paperback, ebook, and select titles as audiobooks. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, or on our website. Check out our YouTube channel as well. Or put together your own group and come along on our Great Ocean Road tour. If you visit the graves, we'd love to receive your photos for our Facebook page. Make sure you jump into the shot. Music by Kai Engel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>